0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music
1: Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music, sometimes our own. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann.
0: We're closing out our, I believe it's our 13th 13th? (laughs) season. Yeah. And so it's time for another installment of Original Showcase. Wow. Uh, we like to do these episodes once a season towards the end. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a little treat for Carl and myself uh, for yeah. finishing the season because, you know, it's a lot of work to put these episodes together in these Indeed. playlists. And another reason we like to do these episodes is because both Carl and myself are composers and we have both had at this point... Uh, quite a great deal of experience working in games films different media mm-hmm. playing in bands and just doing lots of different composition work in general and we do think that uh our perspective as composers definitely affects the way we approach talking about video game music in every week yeah, yeah for sure. everything to do with this show so we kind of like to do these episodes as a way for you to hopefully understand maybe some of our musical perspective when we talk about music. I think the best way to understand someone's taste,
1: if they're a musician, is to listen to the music that they create. Absolutely. So this is going to be a lot of fun. This is the 13th installment of Original Showcase. Um, I know that some of you guys uh, enjoy these episodes, checking in to see what we've been up to musically. We've been up to a lot Lately, So we have a lot of fun things to talk about and share Uh, Let's just get into it because we got a lot of music to get to Uh, So yeah, these episodes are a nice change of pace uh, from what we typically do Uh, One more disclaimer, this is, today we're talking about music that we, the Supermarcato Brothers, have composed Either individually or together Uh, So what you heard playing in, that was a track of mine that I put out uh, on my YouTube channel um, I think like this past January, that's called Growler Uh, Just kind of a dancey, groove-based, kind of 80s throwback tune um, that I had a lot of fun. Uh, I've been doing some tunes lately where I will, like, record uh I will take take video of me performing all the parts and kind of put it together to right. to have something a little bit more entertaining from a very video hip perspective and modern yeah so so yeah that was growler um yeah that's uh, pretty self-explanatory I thought it'd be a groovy, groovy way to to start the episode off
0: it is a very fun way to start the episode off and I think even though it's very groovy and it uses all these real instruments mm-hmm. The video game influence is undeniable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely on that synth line for sure. Uh, Okay, so we're going to start things off with a piece of music that Will composed. Yeah, this is uh, a
0: piece that I wrote for this independent short film called Husband Mm. Ensured. I've been working on it off and on for this past year. It's this sort of comedy satire thing, and I won't necessarily get into the plot, uh, but the first piece that I'm going to play for you is actually, it might be a little misleading, it's called End Titles. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I'm playing this is because it's basically an edit of two cues in the film that utilize the same melodic material. And it's sort of developed in that way. The first one is from this cue called the dance. And the second one is from this cue called the bracelet. Essentially the first one happens over this montage where it's basically two characters falling in love and sort of dancing and everything. And it's a montage. And the second one is at the end of the film and I don't want to spoil anything, but it's a very different, more, I guess, morose connotation. But I had a lot of fun creating this sort of dancey Latin piece of music. Wonderful, Yeah. And I I recorded my friend uh, Jacob Burkhart on trumpet. So these are this is his amazing playing here. Let's take a listen to end titles from Husband Insured.
1: That was so wonderful. You guys are listening to the. You just listened to the end titles of the score to Will's short film. He he worked on this year. Husband insured. That is so delightful. That Thanks, um man. yeah that Latin thing for me it was like I I was sad that it was over so quickly. It was I so know. much fun. It, the what the a scene is so short in the film. I really I wrote this whole B section and mm-hmm. this
0: I I kind of wanted to flesh it out. I, you know, sometimes I feel like I should go back and create a longer piece of music for that. I feel
1: like it's yearning that. I mean, that performance is outstanding. Yeah. What a, what an amazing uh, trumpet You want to know player. a
0: little funny story about that. Originally, I had planned for it to be a duet between trumpet and violin. That would be So great. when that high octave comes in, I wrote that mm-hmm. for violin, and the violin is sort of bailed out. And so I wrote cues in the trumpet part, but it's really high. Yeah. And I, I know Jacob was a great player, but I, I wouldn't have been comfortable, you know, asking him to do something that's that difficult but i just sort of said hey it's okay Mm -hmm. if you can't do this but do you want to look over and see if maybe we could try it and you know i mean i had to edit between a couple different takes because it's blisteringly high but he gave such a great that's amazing performance and so cool the fun thing about the way you see it in the film is it is a montage and so it's sort of you could imagine functioning like source music where it's in the background Mm -hmm. but i did time it out Specifically to the scene So right. when it goes It hits on this hard cut And there's this one Triangle moment Where like glasses Are clinking So it is sort of score And then that motif Comes back Throughout like The underscore Even though most of the film Is sort of orchestral Right That theme It comes it, back It
1: comes back Is like a leitmotif For you that know, character It's interesting Both Will and myself Have been in the world Of of scoring for short films As of late mm-hmm. I kind of had my first And Marty Attempt also. at that Yeah that's true True. Um, we we can discuss this maybe later, but I recently finished a score to this short film that's going to be part of this festival uh, in Minneapolis later this summer, and it was a very challenging and exhausting process. So, it's, yeah, it's kind it's of, not easy.
0: It's it's so much more difficult than you could possibly imagine. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I I would prefer to stick to video game music if I had my druthers. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna we're gonna move over to uh, so this past Friday as you guys probably saw on social media, I released a new FM synth chiptune album called High Flyer. Uh, I'm very excited to, to finally share that. So thanks to everyone for your support and kind words for that. We also had a listening party on Thursday night, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, this I'm going to actually play two tracks from that today. The first thing I'm going to play from the album is the title track. This is High Flyer. This album was a lot of fun. I was kind of working on it simultaneously to like Hero of Legend, uh, in kind of mm-hmm. the ending months of When we were wrapping that up uh, it's kind of a nice palate cleanser I would work on FM synth chip tunes, And so it was a few months in the, in the making um, And I kind of joked around before But like for fans of my Sonic-esque albums it, It's kind of the closest thing at this point To another Sonic-esque Right yeah, And I definitely think I mean it's not just because
0: it's FM a, a lot of the musical choices For people that are fans of those albums You'll definitely notice you know, it, it's definitely satisfying, I think, what people would want from a Sonic esque, but it also cool. goes in other directions that might you might not have gone on right. if you were just specifically doing a Sonic album. But yeah. I there mean, were overall... so many tracks where it's like, Oh, I could imagine this being a file select theme and <laughs> I could imagine yeah. this being a stage theme, but then you know, some of my favorite ones were
1: where it, it felt like such a departure, but I love the tones that you got on this album. Well, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about the project, but for now, let's take a listen to High Flyer. You guys are listening to the title track, High Flyer, to my brand new FM synth chiptune album, High Flyer, which was released last Friday. And um, yeah, I'm just playing two tracks uh, from it today. So overall, the style and the kind of the sound that I went for on this album is, I guess I would say, funk, jazz, fusion, synth, uh, video gamey, kind of overall. Uh, There's a couple of changes in that. There's like a Latin track, and then there's like a really happy, you know, innocent pop track. But overall it's definitely very fusiony, very very funky. There's a lot of Michael Jackson influence yeah. that I was hearing on it. You know, this
0: this track I think definitely could be in a Sonic-esque except for that bridge is so right. specifically jazzy mm-hmm. but you know what that bridge really reminded me of what? it reminded me of the sample from the gorillas song rock the house interesting but
1: you know what i'm talking about oh my gosh that's a interesting correlation i don't know i
0: just some of those intervals and rhythms
1: yeah what one, uh, one of my favorite things and today we're not going to be you know we can't play the whole thing you can kind of hear in the background here start this solo that's probably my favorite part of this track is is the way that the solo builds um, and I particularly like there's one moment when it really reached this this climax where it's just soaring on this really high note. And um, I tried to have a good balance in this album of I wanted a lot of moments where I could improvise and, and have that sense of, you know, human performance on the FM synth. I always think that's, that's an interesting and kind of charming sound. Right. And um, it's not unprecedented, actually. Yeah.
0: It was something that was done on not just the Sega Genesis, uh, we talked to Tommy Tallarico about mm-hmm. that kind of MIDI input system that was used so often back then but also yeah. uh, in you know we just did our two Monkey Island episodes, something that the LucasArts composers did all the time. A lot of people sure. grew up hearing the Sound Blaster 16 FM versions of those scores that feature that raw MIDI performance, often very soloistic and stuff.
1: So yeah, we'll go back to another track from that later on today, but for now let's go back to a piece of music composed by will i think it was last
0: time on uh the original showcase i played some music for this theater production of a greek tragedy antigone that i had worked on and since then uh some really exciting things have happened with the production it was chosen to be a part of the kennedy center american college theater festival and i was i couldn't believe it but i actually won an award for uh achievement in the original composition at that festival. So it was, it was such a delight because the whole production, which, you know, I'd been working on for so long, it got, a. Uh, It had sort of some encore performances in Duluth, and then they also performed it at this festival. So it was really fun getting to sort of see it and experience it again with some time having passed. Yeah. But I wanted to play something from Antigone because I also recently released the complete soundtrack on my Bandcamp page, uh, williambmusic.bandcamp.com. And it was kind of hard to put together because when doing the score to plays, it needs to be sort of dynamic. It's not like a Mm -hmm. film where it's static. So I wrote lots of music, but it's a lot of these short, you know, 15 second cues, 30 second cues. So I had to come up with some clever ways of stitching different pieces together, but I'm ultimately pretty happy with how it turned out. I want to play uh, a piece on the soundtrack that's called Antigone in Ismene. Ismene. is the main character's sister and this uh all this music takes place during the same scene. They're having this conversation and sort of Antigone is sacrificing herself for the good of her family, I
1: guess. Let's check it out. This is Antigone and main name. Here we go. Of my seat, and I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> story. this is uh, that was Antigone and Ismene, composed by Will from the play Antigone. What a wonderful opportunity that was for you uh, and for everyone involved. And it was cool that it seemed like that play uh, originally it was just something that was supposed to be performed in Duluth, mm-hmm. and then it seemed like it had this kind of second life. for It did everybody. have a longevity.
0: It, it was sort of an audacious production. The director really wanted to. Contemporize it sounds almost pejorative. You know, it, it, there was an aspect of it being in sort of a quasi future aesthetic, but I really think everyone would, there was a lot of heightened work from all of the artists who were working on it mm-hmm. to try to make it bold and to make it feel relevant because right. it is this story that is, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years old. I think it's even like thousands of years old. Hmm. It's a really old play um because the greeks were some the first, you know, theater artists, they basically created the medium and it was a great translation and everything about it. I was just so honored to get to be a part of that production. And what I loved about working on music for live theater is that I actually got to interact with the actors. I got to interact with the entire crew working on a film score is very lonely because it's basically you and you have communication with the director and the producers. That's the experience that I had, but I never got to meet the actors. I didn't get to know any of their names. I was never on set. I was only brought in after the movie was edited. And what was so fun about the play is I would come to their rehearsals. Mm -hmm. I would come all the time and take notes on where I thought music could fit. And I had so many. I mean, it took a long time because I was developing themes for like a, a year before the The show actually happened and I was thinking about it for a long time and so it was just a longer process and I really felt like I was part of the team which was so much more fun. It's uh, also rare
1: to be able to contribute like actual recorded music for a play yeah um and And it's some a weird challenge too but a nice challenge because you have full control over how it sounds right you know the presentation is going to be exactly how you want it the only difference is if you have actual musicians they can kind of wait to come
0: in or you know you can have a fermata on a certain bar and wait for Mm -hmm. you know the actor to finish their line and we didn't really have that luxury right so we just kind of had to keep tweaking things until the timing got right but it was a great learning experience for me
1: you know i always enjoy these original showcase episodes because sometimes it's funny just how contrasting at least our selections are going from that to to what i'm in the play uh it's it's kind of funny to see maybe the difference in our style i mean we both we both dabble in some similar styles of music Mm -hmm. um but it seems like most of what we put our time into a lot of times is, is very different yeah. <laughs> projects. At least, at least lately. Yeah. So we're going to go to a chiptune of mine. Uh, this was something that I submitted to Battle of the Bits, and I'm going to play a couple of those uh, Battle of the Bits submissions today. It's just a really fun community that I've been aware of for a couple years, and we've played some of those ch- uh, chiptunes on Episodes we've done like modern chiptune episodes, mm-hmm. so been a fan of that community for a while. Um, made the decision like I think it was late. Uh, last year or early in January, it was like maybe about like five, six months ago, made the decision to uh, actually join the community and and try to submit some chiptunes. Um, But what was interesting is most of the systems that they offer require trackers. So I actually had to learn how to use trackers uh, for a few different uh, systems, uh, NES and, and Genesis, most notably. This was actually a submission in like the wild category, which could be any, it didn't have to be from a tracker. So this I actually made using VSTs. Uh, it's mostly Commodore 64 sounds, uh, including ripped uh, Commodore drum samples as well. But there were a couple of other synths like Massive uh, and a couple of others that I used to kind of supplement it. So it's mostly a C64-esque sound here. Uh, and this is uh, I submitted to Spring Trax 7. And this is uh, called Exothermia. Let's check it out. You guys are listening to Exothermia, which is a submission, Battle of the Bits, Spring Tracks 7, which is a compilation from so many talented uh, chip tuners all around the world. And uh, this one, I'm really happy with how my uh, submissions have been received. This one got third place in the all gear category, which awesome, is kind of like that wild category. Uh, I think ninth overall. Um, so yeah, really excited about... Being More of an active part in this really creative uh, community of talented folks. I really like this melody. This
0: is super strong I've never heard this one. Before. Oh, thanks, dude. This is
1: super neat It's yeah, kind of like Latin meets jazz meets chiptune kind of all rolled into one package. Yeah, I, this is great, man it, This it was
0: fun to work with these Commodore sounds. This really belongs in a game. I think it's so oh, yeah? good I could uh, picture this being like a title screen theme. Ooh, yeah, you know I really love that melody. That's
1: one moment in particular where, uh, cause I had this progression and, and I liked the progression, but there is like about like a minute or two minutes into it. I was like, it'd be cool if one of the repetitions, the chords were altered. And so I did that one time, the chords, like it goes down when you're not expecting. And mm-hmm. and I always like that idea where you establish some sort of sense of repetition, like comfort and knowing what yeah. to expect. And then you, you know, subvert that eventually. So yeah, that was a lot of fun to work on. And I look forward to, um, Submitting more Battle of the Bits in the future And if anyone's not familiar Head on over to battlethebits.org and, and there's just so much amazing music that you can find They're all for free from people all around the world That are just doing it because they love to make music that's so great. All right. So I believe now we're going to play a few tracks from Hero of Legend and talk a little bit about this project. We haven't really had the opportunity on the podcast to, you know, to really talk about it um, in and context. share a of lot music. of the music. Because yeah. we've been working on this thing for years. So we're going to start off by playing the overworld theme, which is called Heroica Field. And Heroica is the name of our uh, kingdom. Uh, our kind of imaginary kingdom that we came up with uh for this album. This is one of the tracks that was composed by Will and it was the first piece of music composed for the project probably two years ago, More maybe at this, that, almost three years years ago. at this point. Over two years ago. Um so a long time ago kind of his proof of concept to to me and Marty about yeah. what if we tried to do something like this. Let's check out Heroica Field Overworld.
0: theme, Heroica Field, from Hero of Legend, our yes. recent tribute album to the Kingdom of
1: Hyrule. So, yeah, like we said, this was by far the the first thing composed for the project. I remember being really blown away when you first showed this to me, uh, because it kind of does two things. The first thing is it's, it's such a great homage to the original Overworld, and you can really hear that influence, and as a fan of that, and as a fan of Koji Kondo, it was really fun and, and um, smile-inducing to hear that, but it also holds up as its own on on a piece of music, so if someone, for whatever weird reason, wasn't familiar with that original Overworld theme, I still think they would understand what this is about and be able to enjoy that. And that's kind of was our ended up being our goal for the whole yeah. project. Well, thank you for saying that. I think I
0: was really inspired by honestly the theme that Marty did for Hello World, the jump on in. And what yeah. I loved about it is that like it so felt like the spirit of Mario World, but the melody didn't really owe anything to that other melody. But it was. Completely posed in a similar simple kind of crafted spirit. So I wanted to do something like that. I was playing a lot of the Zelda theme and I'm like, "Well, I can't have a melody that starts on the 5 and goes down to the 1 <laughs> or something that's really scalar like that. But I can try to make something that's almost even simpler than the original theme and right. to get some of the harmonies right, to get the rhythms right, to get the tone of it in the same
1: world." Ballpark, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think you definitely succeeded and I I think it was actually a really frustrating process for you because do you remember how long me and Marty dragged our heels well, on this? Carl,
0: I was actually thinking about it. It wasn't two years. It was three years ago that I really? wrote this. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And we didn't do anything for it for a year later Then we started talking about it. Yeah. And then another year passed before we really started working on it
1: more. Wow. Crazy. Craziness. So let's play. Um, uh, we're going to play, like we said, three tracks from Hero of Legend today. Uh, The second one we're going to play is a composition of mine. Uh, This one is called Aurelia C., so one of the things that we did when when we actually started to, to all three of us dive in in earnest and, and compose for this game is we we were like, what do we want this game or this world to look like? Right. We want to have this and this and this. We yeah, want we to have... We
0: treated it like it was a real game. Sure. and Sort of divided up. You take the sea world. Yeah. You take so we the knew dungeon, we wanted a sea
1: know. world. We knew we wanted a dungeon and things like that. And so I was one of the... I One of the things that I wanted to call dibs on right away was I would love to do this water, the sea theme. Uh, and so for me... Uh, uh, my inspiration for this track was, and this happened a lot on the project, which I think was, was really fun about this project, was we're not just drawing from the original NES Zelda. We're drawing from the entire series, um, but presenting it in a way that would maybe fit at home for an NES game. Right. Uh, and so for me, I was actually really inspired by Zora's Domain, Ocarina of Time. I was inspired by a lot of more subtle water themes from the later, you know, maybe half of the Zelda series. Um, but one thing that's so great about Zora's Domain is that it has this sense of atmosphere and ambience, but it's also it also has a beautiful melody and it feels classic uh, in the series. And so I tried to maybe uh, split the difference between that. One of the fun things that Will was able to achieve implementationally here is I thought it would be fun for the FDS channel to do something kind of different Uh, For the album instead of doing a lead I was like what if we tried to use it As like this rolling kind of steel Drum drum or
0: marimba Mm -hmm. Kind
1: of a sound and so he did a great job of making That come alive so let's take a listen to Aurelia C listening to Aurelia C, which was a composition of mine from our recent Hero of Legend, Volume 1
0: release. Carl, you want to know something funny? When I was working on this, uh, Emma was listening to me work on the FDS part, and right. she's like, is that a telephone? Because like, uh, that's so that sort funny. of synthy
1: sound doing that... It, it does almost sound like a telephone Will ring. that is not what I wanted yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's I was really happy to hear that come alive because at least for me my process for this project was kind of interesting because um, I didn't make the actual family tracker versions for my I made mock-ups so I would use VSTs to make sound alike mock-ups of the tracks and I would send those to will and then he would do the actual family tracker implementation. right and sometimes i was um,
0: really faithful like on the the one where you using Game Boy sounds yep. since we were using NES so we could have FDS. I worked really hard to try to match the exact tones that you got, but then in other cases I would sort of sub out
1: the instruments you use for the more Zelda sounding. Which um, is great. um, It was really fun for me because I got to work on a piece of music, feel really good about it, send it off to you, and then hear something in some ways that was brand new because I was hearing it more authentically and I was hearing a presentation that, that I didn't hear before. So it was a really fun process for me to kind of send this off to the NES factory and then have it come back <laughs> well because there's a lot of hard new. things that people wouldn't realize you know
0: because when you're writing a piece of music you just pick a tempo right right exactly but you don't have that luxury on working on the <laughs> nes so i would have to do a lot of these
1: different tempo maps and it's sort of if we ever do, every, i know, will say you know we've second. had we've had some some real frustrations on this project if we ever did another nes album, I think we need to list out the only use these tempos. Well, Don't no, ever mean, give me this I, tempo I, or this I, tempo. I think part of the fun of tracking is figuring out those little solutions. Those problems. And I
0: did more crazy stuff with tempo on Hero of Legend than I've ever done. And it's not noticeable stuff. I mean, there, I've done other things like that Rhapsody in Blue cover I did where it was super rubato. The thing about Hero of Legend is most of it sounds pretty consistent but in it's tempo, but there's a lot of things weird, under the hood. Yeah, because sometimes you'd have like a triplet, you know, a 16th note triplet. And I'm like, I just can't do that. So you're and saying so I have to you, change you, the you wouldn't change moment. anything
1: for this project.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I think it ended up being really cool. And the fact that people could listen to it and not know those problems would just make me Well, and me also, I'm, and I'm,
1: I'm staring, we're actually in the same room recording this episode for the first time in a while, and I'm staring at Will right now. So the hair that you pulled out, it, it's all grown back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your hair's looking fine. <laughs> uh, so, all right, we're going to play one more uh, track from Hero of Legend. And this is a Marty composition, yeah. as you may expect. So I want to set this one up a little okay. bit. Before we decided
0: which would be the overworld theme that we would use, in the game right uh, and this is the same thing we did in Hello World. The three of us each wrote themes, and they mm. all ended up being used in the project. Carl was the title, mine was the winter theme, and Marty was the main theme. Mm-hmm. In this case, Marty and I both took shots at doing an overworld theme, and we knew that we wanted to use both of them, and we thought it would be really cool if one of the overworld themes would almost be like, you know, after you pull out the master sword, like then later the, in the game overworld changes. Yes. Yeah, where it's like one is more about the location, and the other is is about the hero herself. The journey. And so, yeah, this is Marty's overworld theme and it's called Sword and Shield.
1: Here we go. listening to Sword and Shield from Hero of Legend. This was composed by Marty Brueggemann, our third Marcato brother from the same mother. Marty Uh, is (laughs) such a great melody writer. This is... I remember I think the first reaction I remember listening to this with Joe and both of our reaction was like wow this sounds like we're listening to a film right. it really it it comes out of the NES and it just right. gets your imagination like, you going like
0: Michael Kamen Robin Hood Prince of Thieves or a great Jerry Goldsmith theme or, or John Williams or just like a
1: classic 80s
0: 90s yeah, rousing it's film so fantastic uh, and what I remember talking to Marty about what was sort of a fun thing and both of us sort of had this sentiment it's really fun writing old chip tunes to do something that you feel like has Never been done on that platform before. Right. And when he gets to that B section, it's and a new You territory have this John Williams kind of like suspended chord harmony where it's almost like a sus five chord mixed yeah. with a sus one chord. Well, I doing think all this
1: counterpoint, it's like there's no other NES track that does that absolutely. exactly. Absolutely. And I think this track represents something that was really fun for this project where, as a starting point, we wanted it to feel comfortable and like reminiscent of themes you've heard. But we we wanted to go in directions that were never possible before. Right. Like, like these pieces of music are longer and more in-depth than what was possible in 1986, or that really would have even made sense for that totally. game. And so it's basically starting from that point. But where else can we go? Where else can we take people on this journey uh, to surprise them as well as make them smile that, oh, this, this feels like I'm in a world that I that I love, but we're also going to surprise you as well. So so that was the goal for that. Cool. Well, I th- I'm i really excited to move on to this. Some of you guys might be expecting this. There's a couple of little traditions that we've established for these original <laughs> showcases. One of them has been in days of old. Uh, it was a few years ago, I think. It's two um, years or three years we, ago at this point. We had this totally weird, and this has happened like multiple times now. We had this really weird like... Kinetic thing where we both had the same idea to create an original piece of Super Nintendo music that was inspired by Square JRPGs like Chrono Trigger, Terra Enigma, Secret of Mana. Right, we didn't communicate with each other. No, nope, not at all. We just both showed up on an original showcase with new. And it was crazy how cohesive they were, and they represented in some ways different styles, but they fit together. Uh, and so we basically had the idea of making a little small, at the time, small <laughs> album called In Days of Old, featuring all those all that music, and uh, we're gonna bring in two more pieces to that album today. And so if you head on over to our band camp and you go to In Days of Old, you will see these, these two new additions to the album. We're slowly adding to this. I like this idea. <laughs> it's really fun. Like, you know, two times a year we write it's a, great. a new piece. So Will's going to start off. Uh, now, I think our pieces of music seem very different. Is that true, Will? Neither of us have heard the other. Yeah, I don't know what yours is, but I imagine it would be
0: different. Uh, I just wrote this and put this together yesterday, so hopefully... It's good enough. I also finished mine last night, too. I kind (laughs) of like doing things um, last minute with this, because that's part of the fun of it, is I want it to feel hot off the presses, you know? And so I haven't sat with this for a long time, but I'm happy with how it turned out. I wanted to do something a little bit more mysterious and moodful, because a lot of the music that I feel like we have so far is either heroic Mm -hmm. or it's maybe fun or playful or beautiful or Mm -hmm. romantic. I wanted to do something a little bit... Mysterious, almost like you I did. can imagine this playing over like a cutscene or a long bit of character dialogue where you're speaking with some old wizard or some, yeah. you know, prophet or something. So I wrote a piece called Secrets of the Jade Amulet.
2: Oh,
1: The cool is this. This is so exciting for me. I've never heard this before, so this is a lot of fun. <laughs> you guys are listening to Secrets of the Jade Amulet uh, from In Days of Old, which is today now available on that album <laughs> if you go onto our band camp. Uh, this, is so, this is such a delight because this could not be more different from the track sure. that I wrote. And I was a little worried every time. I was like, oh, is he going to do go for the same type of track as, as right. me? But no, no, no. It couldn't be more different. I'm really glad you went for this. It's so vibey and atmospheric, and it really feels like something is lurking out there but i wasn't expecting it to be that groovy it was it really grooved hard especially when that when that like uh kind of tabla drum beat came in i wanted yeah like i want to let's use tablas and everything but Mm -hmm. let's
0: make it function like a kick and snare pattern i love it boom 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 yeah dude that was
1: awesome i really enjoyed that oh thanks just like kind of the combination of a lot of different classic square tracks you know you have like that arpeggiated piano with delay that reminds me of a lot of chrono trigger right. um, and uh terra enigma especially like El's theme right um seeker of the forest i imagine was an influence a little bit on right. the vibe I maybe think the of this. most
0: particular influence was that one what, what's that the early one in chrono trigger ba, 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 ba. is it memories of green memories of green mm-hmm. that one
1: yeah, I can hear that. But wow, then it, that's I think it
0: evolved a, away from that, which is what I wanted. I didn't want it to just be like a direct send up of one piece. I can't
1: wait to, to look back on this album in like, I don't know how many years when it's 20 tracks long yeah. or whatever. Hopefully it feels um,
0: cohesive. You know? I think
1: it does. Okay, so I decided that, Another type of track that we hadn't done so far, if this was an imaginary game, you need a battle track, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I went ahead and made a battle track. This is called Battle on the Mountain. And another title that I considered, and I almost went with it, was Battle with Dorian. (laughs) i think you'll probably know why uh so yeah this this reminds me of a lot of uh you know battle music from the 16-bit era that i particularly enjoy i tried to make it feel heroic and and have a nice combination of it's a little bit more high energy than anything on the album but i didn't want to go too far in that direction uh so i hope you guys enjoy it this is battle on the mountain from in days of old Beans, that was Battle on the Mountain, which is again available today on In Days of Old. This is my stab at a square esque 16 bit battle theme. I had a blast making this. I love it.
0: I like how you sort of modulate in. Unexpecting places within Mm -hmm. the form Like the B section is suddenly thrust Into a new key At first when it hits that chord it's like Oh we're we're doing this kind of thing But then you find out oh it's actually modulated Uh And then you do that multiple times And the way you kind of get back into it I think if this were what's so great about it It's perfect for an RPG battle theme, oh, you thanks, know, dude. where it's it's a little more contemplative and wandering, right? But it's it's capturing this moodful heroicism that is often, you know, with those uh, turn-based RPG <laughs> gameplay. It's not the most exciting gameplay exactly. in the world, um, but I think this works so good for this. In a way, you're able to do things that you couldn't do if this were a stage theme, for mm-hmm. instance, in like a side-scrolling, you know, platformer kind of action game. You wouldn't be able I to think have think you that would much almost, change. The loop would ruin the surprise of right. some of those moments. But when you think about it, it's like a battle. It's, it's, an, it's a moment. You know, most battles would probably take 30 seconds, 40 mm-hmm. seconds. You know, you wouldn't be on this screen for a right. really long time. And so I think those kind of surprising modulatory things work
1: really well in well, that context. Well, I also context. wanted to... I wanted. Well, thanks for saying that. I wanted to split the difference, too, because this is an album as well and so I didn't want it to go too far in a direction that didn't have a lot to do with what we've established before right. and so particularly that final C section really feels to me like classic in days of old, it reminds me of a lot of right. the other tracks we've done um, and it, it was just really fun uh, t- to work with, with these instruments a lot of, I think for both of our tracks, a lot of chrono trigger samples yeah. that we used I used a couple from Terra Negma, a couple from uh, Final Fantasy V, but most of these are, and actually the drums from Secret of Mana. Yeah, I think what I've fun- is like the first track that I did in days of old was
0: very Final Fantasy yeah. influence but every other thing I've done has been more
1: on the side of Chrono Trigger I, I think, think for me. that speaks to just like, like using a mixture how of How much samples. we love Chrono Trigger you know because yeah. like we have all these great JRPGs to like draw from and for at least me and, I, and it seems like for you too we always find ourselves going back to the, the world the musical world of Chrono Trigger. Well
0: and I find myself just when figuring out how to voice harmonies finding yeah. those really some voicings that like put a lot of you know there'll be a lot of contrasting of like huge open intervals and then really close intervals so right. i might have like if i was doing some sort of a minor chord i would have a and then e and then i would put like b and c mm-hmm. right next to each other and then i might you know have f or some really Spicy. out there thing yeah
1: yeah well now we're going to go back to uh, a piece of music that has nothing to do with video games <laughs> this is something that will composed. yeah This is
0: actually for um, a television commercial for my university, of all things. I was asked to write music that they could use and film this sort of commercial uh, around Mm -hmm. this orchestral piece. And you'd see different musicians all over in Duluth um, kind of playing along. Very cool. It would show off the scenic locale and everything. Right. Um, and we're actually, yeah, we're we're planning to film later this summer, and there's going to be an introductory section that I'm not playing here that's going to be, you know, we're actually going to record the audio of the musicians and stuff. Um, but yeah, this How is fun. a theme I wrote called Discovery, and there's a 30-second version and a 90-second version. And to me, I just, I kind of went all out with this. I wanted to do a big, exciting, hopeful piece of music that to me, feels like sort of a, a theme for my university, UMD. How fun and is that? As sort of like a thank you for all of the great experiences that I had there over the years.
1: This is the UMD Discovery Long Theme, composed by Will Brueggemann. What a magical college that must be. (laughs) (laughs) Discovery indeed. That's so that's so delightful. Wow. Thanks, man.
0: Yeah. We we sort of there was a back and forth with the um gentleman who's gonna be creating the video and everything on sort of how they wanted to portray the college and everything. Right. And uh, they, one of the things that I remember them saying is that they wanted it to be hopeful and they wanted it to be exciting. For sure. Those are the feelings that I was trying to capture the most. And, you know, the whole University of Minnesota has a collective slogan, which is driven to discover because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of research that goes on, particularly in the Twin Cities campus. Yeah. Um, and so I, I thought I would name the piece Discovery because I thought that that's was sort perfect. Of a perfect fitting image. And, you know, that's really what a university experience is it's discovery, you're learning, and it's the excitement for the shared joy of. Discovery and yeah, learning. I mean, I
1: think it definitely makes this makes the university feel like oh, this is an important place that a lot of <laughs> like great things are happening. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. And I, I, my whole idea of it, it doesn't really have
0: like an A section and a B section. It's mm-hmm. kind of constantly modulating and recontextualizing the same theme. Right. So at first, it starts in D major and it's this sort of Lydian thing, and then eventually, somehow or another, we get to like B major, but it's like mixolydian, and mm-hmm. so it feels differently. And then we get to like F Lydian. And it's, it keeps modulating and getting reorchestrated. Because to me, that's almost like... Would you that's say you that going to college. You're constantly changing. Would you and say that it keeps discovering
1: itself as yeah, it continues? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it, it, it's more composed in that way. I think if it sounds like anything, it kind of sounds like...
1: Uh, like a movie studio logo or something. Yeah. Or, or maybe I like hear that. old, old trailer music or something. It's very rousing, very exciting. And what a fitting kind of maybe final project for you. And so yeah. your time at U it'll be kind of emotional, you know, doing the to, filming to and finishing it, yeah. it off. Okay. Well, I'm going to go back to one more track today from high flyer. And I wanted to play something that was a little bit of a different side of it. This is definitely the most fusion, uh, piece of music on the album, even bordering on kind of like Prague fusion, very progressive, some mixed meter stuff on here, very wandering and exploratory. And I, I really had kind of let my imagination run wild with this piece of music. Uh, this is one of my favorites, I think, from the album. This is Equinesis. Let's check it out. off right here. You guys are listening to Equinesis from High Flyer and this is probably the most uh, kind of like exploratory fusion track on the album. Um, A lot of different meter changes that are happening, but I tried to make the melody catchy enough so that it's still memorable and you could even sing along to it. It might be take some practice to to sing along to it, but I didn't want to make it so random and chaotic. Uh, This one also has so many different slash chords. There's this one moment when it's like the successive four, you know, ascending slash chords, which right. to me always feels like a level complete theme or something. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. This kind of reminded me
0: of the type of piece that you guys would do in your funk band, Carl B. and the Soul Surgeons.
1: Yeah, it definitely is reminiscent of some, some, some tracks of the, that we've
0: done. The meter stuff and the constant ambiguity. Is it major? Is it minor? Yeah. And then every chord is like a seventh or ninth chord. Yeah, and it just... Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of like something. I think this would be a really cool thing for you guys to do in that group. Yeah,
1: I thought about it. I definitely thought about it. I mean, there's a couple of ideas on this album that I that I am thinking about exploring with, with the Soul Surgeons, which is kind of cool. I have that freedom. Like, this is my, I can do whatever I want with right. with this stuff. Um, and I've done that before, too. There's a track from our, our previous album, All Rise, which originally was like a Genesis kind of FM thing well, that I what did. What I think is funny
0: is the most video game... The most video gamey Soul Surgeon stuff was written f- by you for Soul Surgeons, like, <laughs> like Swing Liner. I love Swing Liner, and I also love uh, the the one that you did on your first album, the really funky kind of Doctor Robotnik sounding one. Oh, uh... take a
1: bath. Take a bath. Take a bath. Yeah, take a yeah. bath.
0: Ooh, that's great.
1: All right, man. Now we're going to play a track from Robo Girl. We thought this would be a fun idea. Yes. Too bad we don't. We don't. Unfortunately, we don't have Marty here today. Uh, yeah, next next time, time we definitely gotta we have should him do on. that.
0: Marty released
1: this incredible
0: album called Robo Girl. That's sort of a love letter to 8-bit classic action games, particularly... Uh, Mega Man yeah. and the work of composers like Manami Matsumai. Uh, it's and, delightful. Yeah, this album is just fantastic. It was composed entirely using you know, Game Boy sounds with NES drums and Marty tracked all of this stuff in Defle Mask, and the album is available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts,
1: and also on his Bandcamp page. And he also t- took the final stems and mixed them, and so that's right. why when you listen to the sound of these drums, it's like, ooh, is that modern, it's like, super dubstep pop-y. drums? yeah he, it,
0: What's cool but is the compressed. drums that he were using is they were newer samples. They were yeah. compressed and tracked, you know, on the NES and everything, but they're like EDM kind of drum samples, so it's this really hip sound, I think. Let's check out Lady V from
1: RoboGirl. Classic Mega Man. This would be right at home in uh, stage theme from like Mega Man 2 or even yeah. like 9 or 10, maybe. My favorite thing about this track, what he just totally nailed
0: of that Takashi Tateshi sound, is that bass progression and the sort of yeah. dissonance that comes from it. It's, it's really spicy. interesting. Uh, and yeah, the melodies are so fantastic and I love how locked in the band is on that last second It feels like For a rock band. hitting the offbeats. Oh man, the groove is so good the drum parts what I love about You know Marty's music is there's such an economy of notes I mm-hmm. feel like he really slaves over every note in the melody, but not just the melodies like I also feel like he really makes great grooves and he yeah. really constructs you know this kind of very functional working mm-hmm. machine. It's Absolutely, really fun. I
1: loved that album. It so it was much fun. Such a delight. All right, let's move back to a piece of music from Will. This is another uh, glimpse into your short film.
0: Yeah, so I mentioned this before. Husband insured. Uh, there, there, was quite a bit of music in this film, and most of it was just. Uh, most of it was very orchestral in nature. A lot of it sounds kind of '90s. A little bit maybe like home alone or liar liar like there's a sweetness and an innocence to it oh yeah but eventually you start to understand maybe some sinister things that are happening in the story so this cue is called joyce takes action and it's basically the whole last leg of the film there's a lot of stopping and starting you know a character will start running and then she gets stopped and has a conversation and then this chase scene ensues which turns into romance and it was a really difficult cue because I had to kind of be turning on a dime in different moments. But I think it's probably the thing I'm most proud of that I've ever worked on for a film or a media project. So let's take a listen to Joyce Takes Action from Husband Insured.
1: You guys listening to Joyce takes action. This is a cue from Husband Insured, which is a short film that Will scored. Uh, and basically, Will, it was kind of a friend of yours that was involved in the production and reached out to you. Yeah, my friend Jimmy, I actually went to high school with him. He was a producer um, and the, the mm-hmm.
0: film was made in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the crew and stuff were uh, DePaul
1: University film students. How fun that you were able to be involved, you know, yeah. through the... <laughs> I mean, you know, 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been possible. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it was it was a great
0: experience. Um, uh, but yeah, very different from other projects that I've done. And there is a loneliness to working on a film because you have to yeah. work for so many hours, and you're just paying attention to the same stretch of you know a person's it performance drives you mad. You know, it's like one take that they did, but you sometimes know the the subtleties <laughs> of the way that they speak and yeah. the way that they look and all of the little details as a composer, you definitely I notice I think that's it.
1: something that the filmmakers don't realize is how many times that we're watching that one shot and right. agonizing over the timing, but we're also kind of driving ourselves crazy. Like, if I see that shot one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. Right. Uh, Will was was a big help recently. Like I said, I was I scored the short film, and Will was a really big help to me to try to give me some tips on using the, the notation software that both of us use for this kind of stuff and um yeah I mean it was it's definitely something that I have even more respect for now. The 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 task of scoring something that's already pre existing that isn't gonna change and you have to try to figure out a way to get first of all to get the timing to sync up, but to make something that musically feels natural and feels like it's conveying those emotions, it's it's a it's a lofty task, but uh it's it's very rewarding when it comes together. Yeah. So Will, if it was up to you Uh, Is film music still like the gold standard of what you would like to do as far as your music ambitions? I think it can be. Um, uh, And I think there there are certain
0: experiences in film that are unlike anything. And when it works, it's it's so much more magical than anything else. Yeah. I hope to be involved in all different kind of media. I mean, I'm I a composer. I think that's the way to do it. I love writing music. I do love storytelling. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed writing concert music. I've really enjoyed writing film music. I love doing that theater thing. I, of course, love video games. Do so just all the
1: different hats.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what I would like to do, I was asked this recently, I would like to do more... Um, video game scores that aren't specifically retro pastiche right things like i would love to get to tackle some more deep narrative mm-hmm. focused games that require like the
1: approach that i might take on a film score absolutely all right so i'm going to play another battle of the bits submission um, i submitted this to also spring tracks seven uh which was the most recent kind of battle and this was the category of general midi I, I was really, I kind of perked up when I saw that one of the categories they had was general MIDI. And I was like, you know what, how fun would it be if I went back to Cakewalk, which is this ancient 90s program that the first music I ever composed when I was in like sixth grade was on Cakewalk when I knew nothing about music. And I was literally just inputting random gobbledygook nonsense, but having a great time doing it. Uh, A program that was very nostalgic to me. What if I went back to that program and tried to make a piece of music Knowing everything that I know now, and really try to to write for those sounds and try to make something as expressive as I could with the general MIDI limitations, and so that was my goal. And so this is a kind of really, it's like a battle theme. Really, it's called "Facing Your Formidable." Dude, I think it'd be so funny if you went back and tried to write the type of piece of music that nine year old Carl would have. No, written. that would be. I would never do that. So yeah, <laughs> this was a piece of music that I took a long time to to have the parts very solid, and I had this a clear melody, a clear counterline, a clear two-note, a two-voice chord pattern, a clear bass, and everything really structured and organized so that when I was sequencing it in Cakewalk, um, I was basically just focusing on what instruments, how can I pan it and and mix it, uh, how can I add the vibrato, and, and try to make it sound as good as I could. So this is Facing Your Formidable Fate, a piece of general MIDI music. Here we go. guys listening to facing your formidable fate which is an original piece of general MIDI music uh, that I composed for spring track seven for the MIDI category and this got first place in the MIDI category cool uh, which I was very thrilled by Um, it got eighth place overall in the the whole battle Um, and yeah it was really fun to to hear people's reactions because i think a lot of people in this community had similar upbringings where they some of the earliest things they they did musically was you know with these midi sequencers and so going back to that and trying to embrace it was a really fun and kind of this weird nostalgic trip yeah. to to dust off i had luckily i had this old external hard drive that still had cakewalk and so going opening that back up again was like oh no i've returned mm-hmm. um, but yeah it was actually a very rewarding uh experience working that's on a this. great Track. I
0: mean, that's thanks, like dude. track of the week for oh, sure. It's dude, so excellent.
1: Yeah, I think th- this is an example of, and I've, I know we've said this so many times, but really limitations make you do things differently. Like because I knew that before I even compose the track, it's going to sound bad. Like. From a certain perspective, you know, it's going to be cheesy. and general, MIDI is just not a pleasing sound. I was like, I really want to try to make the piece of music as good as I possibly can. And I do think that it pushed me harder than if I were just to make it on my normal virtual instruments. I don't think I would have pushed myself as hard. Sure. So I think there's something to that, that specific presentation limitation. Yeah. Did you do the mix or did you just submit a MIDI file? Um, it, this is a MIDI file. What you just heard was exactly how you can download the MIDI file, and it sounds That's exactly great. like that. That's awesome. So, everything was I like sequenced that idea on that it's like not mixed. It's not no. been tinkered with. There are it no was effects, mixed on you know. Cakewalk. Right. So, the actual MIDI it has all that information. But yeah, if you download the MIDI, this is exactly what you'll hear. That's really neat. So, it's kind of like another chip format, really, You know, right. in some ways, too. So, all right, we're going to now move on to. Um, a uh, piece of Supermarcado Brothers collaborative music. This is from uh, an upcoming game that we're currently scoring. Uh, it's currently titled Unstable Scientific, and we've shared two pieces of music, I think, from this so far. Yeah, maybe two or one. Maybe one. one or two, maybe one. Uh, anyways, this is the most recent track that we've finished. It's the Forest theme, and we had a lot of fun with this. It's a nice change of pace. Will was the one who composed uh, this, uh, this idea, this melody. It was fun to collaborate with him on some of the production elements. Um, and yeah, it just, I, am just a really big fan of, of the track. I'm happy with how this, this turned out. I think we captured a variety of different sort of
0: jungly forest aesthetics that aren't necessarily probably the first things that you would
1: go to, but Mm -hmm. I think all sort of work, work together. A lot of fun. Let's check out the forest theme. guys listening to the forest theme from the currently titled unstable scientific which is a side scroller game that we've been scoring uh for a while uh we look forward to this uh being released for you guys to be able to see this uh really excited about what we've been able to achieve with the score so far uh kind of an interesting sound part like 80s synth rock right. um, but the the melodies are a little bit more hopeful and um of cerebral maybe than you might expect from that, from some of those presentation elements. Yeah,
0: I mean I think our original idea was to be, let's write within the idiom of video game music, but not produce it to be like chip music. Let's produce it to sound like the influences of video game music. But, you know, that's what we did for the the main theme and sort of the the stage theme track but as we've done the different levels, you know, we want to accommodate what the developers really wanted to do in terms of style and everything, and so we we still have a little bit of that '80s sound, like the electric piano, as opposed and to the like gated flamenco reverb guitar, drums, and, yeah, the and synth I, bass, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think the production is a little bit maybe oversaturated,
1: is kind of like the style we were going for, I guess, but my favorite uh, things that, that I remember from working on this track that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed putting that percussion part together with Mm -hmm. the bongo samples and the shaker stuff. That was really fun. It was also fun. I I tracked some acoustic guitar, doubling the melody in this one part. And that was really fun to, to, I don't know, to try to, play that melody on guitar i'm not the best guitarist so it took a lot of takes to get it to get it spliced together but yeah it's a fun I, track. my
0: my favorite thing about this was working on the flute um, yeah the it sounds flute great where it's like they synth based mm-hmm. but mixed with like these two acoustic flutes
1: i thought was like a special moment that yeah. I feel like still makes it sound like that game. Well, now we're moving back to a piece of music from Will. This is, you're going to play something from Dr. Acula here. Yeah.
0: Back in October, in time for Halloween, I released a chiptune album called Dr. Acula's Malevolent Manner that I've been working on for years. And it has wonderful artwork by our buddy Carlos. That was
1: another original showcase tradition. Yeah. How it started. Now that's
0: kind of over with, mm-hmm. which is a little bit sad. But yeah, I definitely wanted to play at least one track from Dr. Acula today and this is the last track on the album this is called epilogue this is sort of you can imagine it being like a credits theme and it's it's very classical in its approach so it's different from sort of like the rocking tracks um i'm sure you'll maybe hear some of my influences here but let's take a listen to epilogue from dr acula's malevolent (laughs) manner
1: listening to the epilogue of Dr. Acula, and the album that we'll release this past October is called Dr. Acula's Malevolent Manor, uh, which is a wonderful chiptune album with wonderful artwork by our buddy Carlos, who's been a frequent collaborator with us. He did the art for Robogirl as well as Hero of Legend, and we can't wait to work with him in the future. Uh, Yeah, this is such an awesome album because it reminds me of so many different, like, separate video game sounds. Definitely Castlevania is probably... The biggest inspiration, in some ways, I mean, you have that kind of cheesy, over-the-top horror homage, right. but you also have some like groovy. So you're also having a dance party, but you're also screaming right, yeah. at the same time. But there's, you know, there's, there's definitely Mega Man, uh, and, like Capcom vibes throughout it. Mm-hmm. And then there's times for for you to just go off in your own sense of like symphonic, uh, imaginative uh, scoring. So, and this is a piece of music where that kind of it feels like you're not like limited to a specific video games. Right. I mean, here. I
0: love doing albums like this because and the same with like the in days of old thing where I don't need to, it's not a collaboration. I don't need to make sure that you approve it or Marty approves it <laughs> or a developer or director, God. but no, it's like we, I can just do whatever it is that I want to do with it. And the same with In Days of Old, there's not a pressure that it like fits into a specific formula or that it can sit alongside something else, you know, in some of those In Days of Old tracks, it's like, okay, now it has this B section that sounds like it's from a Kirby game and it's like... I would have been nervous about that if we were actually
1: working on a game project, but because it's just (laughs) us making it, you know, we have the freedom to do that I totally know what you mean, and that's something that I really enjoyed with uh, High Flyer, because it was was actually a really nice contrast to be working on it at the same time, where it was like, I'm just going to do my thing and just put this out, and, and, you know, it might not always be great, and there were definitely certain tracks where I'd finish and I would scrap them because it it wasn't to a level of quality that I wanted, but yeah, mm-hmm. it is nice to, to just be able to express yourself and not have to, like you said, you know, have someone else that has to also agree to it as well. Um, I would say most of the time though, when it comes to our collaborative projects, I feel like we have a lot of shared tastes. So most, I would say most of the time when we present music, I think to all three of us, we're, we're usually very excited about it. I would yeah, say, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think
0: it's just the the process of making it is a little bit harder.
1: For sure. Well, uh, we're going to play the last track from me today. This is called Walk the Walk. And this is from Winter Chip. uh, Let's see, X111. So Winter Chip 13. This was the first uh, piece I submitted on Battle of the Bits. You can download the Winter Chip uh, 13 compilation album on Bandcamp. If you, if you type that into Google, you'll be able to find it. This track is featured on it. This was in the Wild Chip category, so this was all over the place. There's some FM synth instruments. There's some um, NES instruments. There's some uh, Commodore. It's just all over the place, just kind of a hodgepodge of different synth sounds. Very jazzy, and I hope very catchy. Let's take a listen to Walk the Walk. I was listening to "Walk the Walk," which was yet another Battle of the Bits submission. This time from Winter Chip 13. I submitted three tracks to that battle. This one for the Wild Chip category. I submitted actually my first attempt at uh, a Duffel Mask tracked Genesis piece of music which I'll have to share at some point in the future and then actually NES uh, my first track track was really good I was surprised you didn't play it I honestly forgot about it (laughs) until now so I'll have to play that maybe next original showcase I'll play that there's a lot of stuff I forgot about I was also expecting that to be on high flyer Oh, yeah. So so I should mention that High Flyer was actually not tracked at all. I made the decision to use FM Drive exclusively. So everything on High Flyer was done on that particular virtual instrument. For me personally, it's so much more creatively satisfying and like con- conducive with how I work. So to make a whole album... I knew that I would, I, the juices would be flowing a lot more with FM Drive. That was really the reason. Uh, I did spend a lot of time to painstakingly try to make it sound as authentic as I could. And also with with High Flyer, I wasn't limiting myself to those sound channels. So I I had tracks that far exceeded the number of genesis sound channels so that was kind of the thinking behind that but it is fun to to limit yourself to that actual you know specification and to use that tracker it definitely makes you write in a different way and i've done it twice now i think i've made two genesis duffel mask uh tunes and i i hope to continue that in the future it's 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 not easy (laughs) it's hard work yeah it's
0: such a steep learning curve with trackers and there's just so many parameters. I mean, you talk about limitations, but it, sometimes you have the feeling of like over being overwhelmed. Hey,
1: Will, have you ever had this thought? So I've, you know, just very recently got into the world of tracking. And one thing that I've noticed is different how I approach it is when I'm working on a tracker, I have this sense of like, I really have to have my SHIT together. Like I really have to have this part uh, really clear because it's already for me it's so hard to just figure out how i'm going to do right. this that i can't also be thinking about almost like a lot of times when i'm working on a virtual instrument You're figuring it i'm out, kind yeah. of figuring it out see at the same i time.
0: used to feel that way but now i'm actually i feel very comfortable in fami tracker and sometimes that's i'll actually cool. just write right into the tracker wow, and figure it out as i go um because there are it, it's still like working on anything where you'll write something and it's like sure. you hear an idea in your head, and so I'll just input the notes and well, stuff. Well, and
1: that makes sense. I mean, if you're fast, you know, if you get really good at a piece of software, then then you're going to use it in a fluid way. And so I've I haven't gotten to that. Point but I mean, yet. still, it's like when I'm if I'm writing for NES, there's only three voices.
0: Yeah, it, you can't be cavalier about it. You yeah. have to figure out what each voice is doing, and I do figure that meticulously at the piano, but. Yep. In terms of, there are other aspects of spontaneity, like if I'm writing a arpeggio, let's say, you know, yeah. I usually won't
1: figure that out at the piano. I'll just input that into the track. You know, one fun thing it. I did with my second Genesis track is I did take an improvised solo. And so I had my MIDI controller hooked up to FAMI Track or sorry, to Duffel Mask, And the way that I did it is I would think about the solo in like super slow motion. And so I'd play like one note for like every like eighth note or quarter note. And and if I wanted a note to hold for like three beats, I would play it like, you know, nine times. And and so I was kind of improvising in my head. Uh, and I'll have to show you the solo because I think it came across pretty well. But that was a really unique process of trying to improvise on on a tracker mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have that MIDI MIDI controller but uh, will it looks like we're now time it's now time to play everybody out it looks like you're gonna play out with send you on
0: yeah this is a choral piece that I wrote this past year and it was actually the title of my senior composition recital and it was the last piece that um, I
1: had performed there which was such a wonderful recital a lot of tears rolling in that audience oh gosh thank Thanks, man and yeah. on stage too right <laughs>
0: uh, hopefully not um but i uh this is yeah but actually this is the performance of the duluth university singers performing oh, it so this is uh, a slightly larger group maybe carl than the version that you heard but yeah this okay. is sort of a, an emotional send-off as a piece of music it was well, the last fitting. choral piece i ever got performed at umd and yeah it definitely has a special place in In my heart, I think.
1: Well, how fitting as we get close to wrapping up this 13th season. We're really looking forward to what we have next in store. Already been plotting season 14. Um, A lot of cool things upcoming. Thanks for indulging us today, guys, with Original Showcase 13. We had a lot of fun sharing this music. Hopefully you enjoyed it. That's definitely our intention. Um, We only do this once a season, so hopefully it's a good balance of uh, not being too self-aggrandizing for our own music. But um, yeah, I, I do think it's something that really kind of informs a lot of the things that we talk about every week. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to, to check in with you guys to tell you what we've been up to. And it's also fun that we've had these traditions. There's been a lot of traditions. Like I used to do man rock themes, you know, every original showcase, we've had the SNES thing. You did the Dr. Acula. It's been really fun to kind of have those things that, that we right. look forward to and also that's some or our listeners. The podcast episode
0: actually inspires the music. is kind of fun.
1: All right. I think that's about it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.